Hi everyone, it's me, Weston. Welcome to another episode of Queer Meets Queer. The phrase chosen family has popped up a few times on this podcast already. For those of you who aren't too familiar with this idea, don't worry, it's not complicated. Chosen family is the family that you choose. For queer people, chosen family is rooted in the experience of frequently needing to build long-term support networks that aren't based in biological closeness. In a broader sense, family also refers to the LGBTQ community in general. This sense of familial closeness in the LGBTQ communities arises from a shared experience of finding and understanding and acceptance in relative strangers that was lacking in our biological families. But sometimes, bio-family can be chosen family too. Today we have two stories of queers who found a chosen family member close to home. First up, we have Tori and Sammy, creators of the incredible storytelling podcast Sisters and Sonder. Cue a few episodes of Sister and Sonder up to play after this. You won't regret it. Tori and Sammy are siblings, but sometimes they feel more like best friends, or even twins. Perfect. Ding! Nice. Let me open a new one, because I was just editing, so I don't want to start recording on that. That would be fun. Um, I'm Sammy. I use she, her, and they, them. I am Tori. I use she, her. Um, so we usually start these interviews by asking, how did you meet? But you two are siblings. Um, and so instead of asking that, I'm just going to ask, um, where did, like, where does your story start? Our story starts when Tori was born. Um, came from the womb. Came from the womb, and then <laughs> we were siblings. Um, I'm the oldest, and we're only two years apart, so definitely our journey starts with being siblings. I was a very shy kid, and Tori was not, so our relationship was she was in charge, and I was like, yeah, let's go. Like As long as I don't have to make decisions, I'm down. So that was basically... Our journey started from the very beginning of being very attached to the hip to the point that we would make jokes that we're twins just two years apart um, because we would dress the same. Our grandparents would buy us the same Christmas dresses, the same outfits. We we were all of a sudden like two peas in a pod. Yeah. And we grew up with our we're mixed. So we have a white mom and a black dad and we grew up with our mom primarily. And, um, so being two black kids with a white mom, I think that that also made us like, we are each other's people because we're black (laughs) and we need someone. So I think that's the other part of like that connection for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing you probably didn't know a lot of other families out there that were mixed when you were growing up. Not at all. Because we grew up in a small town in Idaho, so uh, we were honestly like the black sheep, literally and figuratively, (laughs) on the fact that we were uh, mixed. We were from a divorced family. We were growing up with a single mother, and we weren't the religion that was dominating that area. Mm -hmm. So we definitely were the outcasts 
in all spectrums. There is a small like black community and stuff, but they all keep to themselves. And since we were being raised by our white mother, it was like a whole different world. I honestly did not know um, people who were mixed race until college. And so there wasn't a lot of mixed race represented in that small town. Were there any places growing up in your small town that really would kind of like stick out in your memory? Uh, grandparents' house forever mm-hmm. is like our safe haven. We loved going to our grandparents' house. It smelled like antiques. <laughs> yeah, they they it sell antiques. <laughs> and like to this day, you can walk up to almost any piece of furniture or painting in their house and you could find a hidden price tag because everything in their house was always for sale and still is. Yeah. And so that was probably the best about grandparents' house. Um, but it wasn't much of a kid house. I mean, you did know, like, don't jump on this couch because it is ancient and you if you move wrong then it will break but like also there were areas where we could like be our kids selves but also be comfy in like our grandpa's giant recliner that like has tryptophan embedded into it because the moment you sit in it you're asleep like (laughs) that's just the napping chair and always grandpa was always cooking grandma was always baking and so it always smelled like Good food, good treats, and ancient, ancient furniture. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Tori is the biggest cheerleader you will ever meet in your life. <laughs> like, to the point that I'd be like, I got a D in this class. I've been working so hard. She's like, whoa, yeah, D. Oh, my God. Oh, good. Like, <laughs> He's so excited no matter what it is. Or it's like, oh, I finally, you know, woke up on time. And she's like, yeah, you got it. You can do this forever. Awesome. And I was the big sister that was like, anytime someone was like attacking Tori or like trying to be like the bully of Tori, it ended badly for them because I'd come in big, bad sister, like, oh, hell no, you're mm-hmm. not going to do that move along and so I think that helped us a lot because we had if anything we had our support system of each other Mm -hmm. and we knew that no matter what no matter what we did no matter what our decisions were in our lives we would always have that one support yeah and I think um I am yes a very big cheerleader but I also learned that like a lot of just confidence I was able to cheer other people on because I was a confident being and I think I learned a lot of that from Sammy that like there were so many times that they were just purely themselves. And I was like, that's pretty cool. I can also be purely myself. Or we like were those like nerdy kids that were like, try to make fun of me. See if I care. I'm wearing two different Converse. Come on, like, see if you can even find anything else to make fun of me about. Like we would just kind of push those boundaries and doing it together. Like we were always the people together wearing mismatched socks or like being extra silly or whatever. And just to sort of like trick bullies. I don't know. Um, so yeah, we always had each other for sure. Sammy, is it okay if I ask you a question about your pronouns? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you use, you use they, them as in addition to she, her. And mm-hmm. I, I'd like to know how did you, the relationship uh, with you and Tori change or grow when you started also using they them pronouns 
it didn't really change our relationship. I think, I mean, Tori has been supportive of everything I've done in my life. Um, like she was the first person I came out when I came out uh, 10 years ago as being bisexual. And um, I recently came out two years ago. Was that two years ago? Whoa. I think so. Um, <laughs> as non-binary. And um, she's always been that person that I can come to and be like this is what i'm thinking this is how i feel and she's able to discuss them without invalidating them without making it about what she thinks i should be doing she i mean she's a therapist so this is her best skills is to really discuss <laughs> feelings and emotions and how you feel in a uh, objective way without being rude about it and still being supportive and so the moment I said, you know, I I like to explain it like I'm fine with she, her, but they, them makes me warm and fuzzy. And so with that, she was like, cool, great. Well, then we're going to use they, them. And like every time she's had like questions, like, would you prefer a sibling? Would you prefer sister? Especially when we started working on our podcast, um, she would just be very open to whatever I felt I've, I felt comfortable with. And so it was great to know that even though it's something new for me as well as for everyone else in my family, that she is very adaptive and very willing to make those changes and learn from them. And I, I will just add, I, I just had this, um, I'm a very visual person. Everything happens in my brain as pictures. And um, when Sammy, like, if you can imagine two magnets with like a few pieces of paper in between them, like they're still close. And like when Sammy came out as bisexual, like one of those pieces of paper was like taken away and we became like even closer magnets. And then when Sammy came out as non-binary, like that last piece of paper or maybe the last piece, maybe there's more pieces, who knows, but like another piece came out. And so like, it's just like these magnets getting closer and closer and closer. Um, and it was never like, none of this was ever a shock to me. And not to say that I, totally new but just like it was just like oh you're just revealing another piece of yourself not that it is surprising or or scary or or whatever um it was just like it's just like when someone like takes off a jacket and you're like oh you're wearing a cute tank top cool like it's not like you still saw the tank top you still knew that the tank top was there but they just took off their jacket and now you see more of them i love that how did your relationship change i mean it's growing pains for sure um, there were a couple, our first apartment together was a nightmare. And <laughs> I love Sammy a lot, but I could never live with them again. <laughs> we don't, we don't live well together. No. <laughs> well, our, our, our personalities definitely clash there, but it also was a good turning point too, because it, it showed how we can finally kind of detach from each other and become independent entities because before then it was like me and her till the end of the days like we were together mm -hmm. forever we even moved in uh, like this was our first apartment outside of our parents house so like we were basically moving our codependency to just a different location and so it was hard because we definitely that was the first time we've ever like fought and been angry at each other, even though we're not good at <laughs> fighting with each other because we would be mad. And then all of a sudden one of us be like, do you want ice cream? 
And the other's like, yeah, I do. Like, hey, Should we I watch Princess you. and the Frog now? Can we watch Princess and the Frog now? Yeah. And so we would like grumpily watch it and then eventually like be fine. But yeah, that was definitely the turning point of our uh, relationship as sisters as we learned that we're now growing into different people. And so there's different things we need from each other. Yeah. And I think I learned a lot about um, expectations and expectations have to be spoken and not just assumed because there were a lot of times that I had expectations of Sammy and then they were not fulfilled and then I got mad and then I was like well they should just know and like no you have to like say what you need and like lay out your expectations and then like come to an agreement um and so I'm a lot better at that I think from that experience of living together and I think the only other time that we sort of clashed was um there was definitely a time in I don't know, our teenage years that we were like rivals or like competition. And I think it kind of came from Sammy was all I ever knew. And so Sammy's interests became my interests and um, whether they really were or not. And so then it became me sort of as a instead of being like a pal, it became me being like a like on her tailcoats, you know, and um, or coattails. And uh, and then that became annoying and and so uh, she tried to flick me off a little bit. <laughs> and then it became this sort of like, get away from me. Stop trying to do what I'm trying to do. Um, and so, but that like made me find my other stuff. Like the realization of like, oh, I don't have to do everything that Sam does. Um, I can go and do these other things. And then that led me down, you know, this path that eventually led me to being an art therapist. So kind of brought us apart and then kind of brought us back together because I was able to do my own thing and and be my own person you you're obviously siblings so you have that forever but how would you define the kind of the sub relationship of that umbrella together I think siblinghood doesn't always go synonymously with support and I think that that is my redefinition of siblinghood is like unapologetic support at all times um and there's moments that Sam knows me more than anyone else. And like, I love twinning with people. I love being twins and like matching outfits. So here and there, Sam will buy us matching outfits and then let me be a twin with her. And then my day is made. And like, that's, you know, that's like almost a, it's more in the realm of like best friend type things, right? Like seeing you in that way and, and doing little things like that, even though they hate it, but they'll do it with me. Our siblinghood turned into friendship fast in the fact that for the longest time we were our own support systems. We were our own friends, especially for me. I was a very, very shy kid and I was very awkward and I was not good at making friends. And so for the longest time, like I was forced by our mother to hang out with Tori's friends so that I would get out of the house and actually interact with humans. Every single time we would hang out, no matter if it was with her friends, with my friends, or just on our own, it was always a fun adventure. It was always something that was the best thing that could happen at that moment. And so I feel like our our relationship as relatives changed in that it was now a, a best friendship. It was, we know each other inside and out. And I mean, she's been there on some of my lowest points. She's been the first person I've called on my lowest points, on my highest points in my life. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Like 
it's it's great to have that and i think a lot of siblings don't have that i know a lot of people that their relationships are you know tense i'm grateful that through all of the things we've experienced has still kept us pretty close I have an example of how Sam and I know each other better than anyone. I called Sam the other day and they answer the phone. They're like, hey, sissy. And I go, hi. (laughs) And they're like, oh, no, (laughs) because they knew that that hi meant I have some bullshit to tell you and I'm pissed off and I'm annoyed. But it was just a one word thing. And they were like, oh, crap. Tell me what's going on. (laughs) So that's just it was the beauty of. Just one word, and they knew exactly what was coming. (laughs) Up next, we have Simon and Rose, cousins who reconnected in adulthood after homophobia and transphobia weakened their connections to the rest of their biological family. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Simon, and I'm a gay man. Hi, I'm Rose. Um, I'm happy to be here. I'm straight. I'm Simon's cousin. Why don't you tell us kind of like where your story begins? I don't know. Rose, what is your, like, some of your earliest memories of me? Um, My earliest memory, I think, of you was when you were really little... And your parents left you at our house to go somewhere, and you didn't want them to leave, and you were throwing a fit, and I was watching you over the couch. (laughs) What a beautiful first memory. (laughs) And then, Cy, do you have an early memory of Rose? No, like, I think one of my earliest memories of Rose was uh, playing Barbies in the front room. Well, not so much playing Barbies as cutting up fabric to accessorize the Barbies. Were you always close? I think we always got along. I don't think we really started getting close until we were older. For sure. We have, like, what, a hundred and something first cousins? <laughs> yeah, something like that. And... Like you were one of them, you weren't. You were really like a background player for the first, you know, big chunk of my life. It wasn't until, you know, I came out and started going through stuff that I don't know how we reconnected as adults. Do you remember? Yeah, I was taking classes at the community college, and um, I had like this huge break between two of my classes, and I was scrolling down my phone book seeing who I could call and landed on your name and I just called you and made you talk to me and I just we just started talking from there you know my daughter was young I was a single mom you know so I think I talked about some of my struggles at the time and I think Cy talked about some of his I don't even remember when this was like what where was I at with my uh Seattle, I believe. I was in Seattle. Oh, so I was married at this time to a lady. (laughs) When I moved to Michigan, he really became a lifeline to me because I didn't have my support system. I didn't have my friends around me. I didn't 
And so we start we start talking like a lot then. Yeah. Oh my. I was going through so much stuff. Like I was married. I was going through like all kinds of craziness. And that was something that I was like super not comfortable with myself. And I think it took me god years to like just be able to form a complete like I am gay sentence in my head um you kind of got outed to the family god I don't remember what happened you had only told a select few I think the in crowd of course and well you were still married at the time I think you might have been separated or something but um your brother was drunk and talking to your sister-in-law and let it slip. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. So it was like this huge, huge deal. My ex-wife and I have a child together, and I was uh, super, super terrified to come out to her because I was in the military and because we, you know, this was still under Don't Ask, Don't Tell, and there were, you know, I literally at that point in time you could go to prison for being gay in the military that's horrifying um it didn't i don't think it happened that often i don't know but anyway dishonorable discharge or other than honorable discharge or something like that um so i really debated a lot uh how to tell her if i was going to tell her when i would tell her that kind of thing um oh i was just gonna say i don't know if your family even knew that you guys were getting a divorce yet no, I don't think so. I was there. God, I, I was just like juggling so much and trying to, I don't know. I was trying to keep it all under wraps and it was killing me. Yeah. And his, um, like I know his family tried to get Simon to sign over his parental rights because, you know, being gay, there's no way he could be a good father. And then uh, a little bit later down the road, his, one of his brothers I don't remember how it went down but he called me and he said uh, basically you know I have a duty to my military to you know to my country to you know do the right thing and if I know about this and I don't tell then I'm in the wrong so I was like so you're really going to out your brother you're going to out me to the military because we were both in the military at that time and I don't know I just at that point, I was just like, all right, well, if that's who you want to be, man, like... Okay, so. yeah. No, I think it was his minister that dissuaded him. Yeah, he kept going to the minister saying that he felt like he needed to do this, and I think his minister was the one that kept telling him, no, you shouldn't. And I think that's the only reason why he didn't. Well, shout out to the minister, huh? Wow. See, there's so much of this that I just have bits and pieces of, and you're really helping me, like, put it back together, like, what went down. Well, it doesn't surprise me. You probably blocked a lot of it, because it was very painful for you. I mean, it was painful for me just to see you going through it, and and I know how much it hurt. Like, it hurt me with, like, my mom, my mom's totally, you know, homophobic and stuff, and a lot of things she said, she would start arguments with me and she wouldn't listen to any kind of reason. And it like really hurt me knowing how she would react if it had been me, you know, in Simon's place. 
And knowing how badly that hurt me, I couldn't even imagine how much Simon was hurting. You're very strong, Simon. And I think you've become a much better person through it all. Yeah, you know what? Likewise. I think you're like one of the strongest people I know. Thanks. Like if you guys other. can't tell, we're part of the Mutual Admiration Society. <laughs> <laughs> it's just us, though. No one else can join. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, that was a lot there was a lot going on at that time it was it was some that was some shit <laughs> anyway but this is all about how like your your presence in my life kept me sane and literally i think like when i lost my family uh i had you you know and you're my you're my family now you're the closest family that i have now and yeah you're never getting rid of me <laughs> yeah you're yeah you're like the apocalypse cockroach in my life. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I definitely could not have gotten through all of the complete, just horrible, horrible time that I was going through if it hadn't been for just, like, this cousin who I barely knew before who is now, like, one of my closest confidants. And I don't know. I just... You felt safe, I think, because... You know, I, I knew you'd been through stuff, and I knew how people reacted to you, and I don't know, you just always made me feel safe to talk to. Aw, I'm glad. <laughs> and that's kept up, too, like, over over the past however many years it's been now. Like, out of all of my cousins, like I, I don't know, you've just always been there. We don't have to talk every day. I don't know, I just want to talk about a relationship, because it means a lot to me. And I think you need to know that. Oh, that that does that means a lot to me. I think um, that's all, and and that's all any of us can really hope for is that we made a positive difference in at least one person's life. And you know, honestly, I think there is a reason for everything because my son, not too long ago, came out to me as trans. And before that, he had been dating a girl. So first first he came out as bi. And then, you know, it just progressed. And I don't know how I would, given the way we were raised, I don't know how I would have responded to that if I hadn't already had the relationship with Simon and seen all that he'd gone through. In all reality, I think, actually, I'm positive that he saved my relationship with my son because I I don't, like I said, I doubt I would have reacted very well cause just out of ignorance and, you know, like I said, the way we were raised. I certainly didn't have all the answers. I have very little, uh, you know, experience with transgender people. Um, but, you know, I try to stay in the know and I try to treat people with respect and you know uh if I don't know I just I think I kind of knew the basics like if somebody tells you that they are something then that's what they are just like respect their humanity and um I think I think I remember telling you something like you know um Elizabeth at the time you know she is what she is and if she's if she's a boy then He's, you know, he's a boy. 
<laughs> I don't I don't remember how it all went down. I just remember like I don't know. What do you remember what happened? You had such a better memory than me. Um I didn't really have anybody else to talk to because you know, people in our family, even the ones that are accepting well, he wasn't out to them for one and as trans and two, I think they would have struggled to understand even more so than me. So really, Simon, you're the only person I had to really talk to about it. Right. And it wasn't really, it's not like I answered questions or had some kind of grand advice. It was, I think, just being able to safely talk to one another without judgment and kind of bounce stuff off of each other and figure it out together because the whole time you were figuring stuff out, I was figuring stuff out and I still am, you know, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's ever going to stop. So no, that's, I think that's life. You're constantly trying to figure stuff out. Right. And now I don't know. I just feel like it's, uh, it's, it's, it's good. Cause we, we don't have to have all the answers. We can just have the conversations and respect each other. Yeah, and I can. I feel like I can be honest because Simon knows where I'm coming from. So I don't have to be afraid to say something that might come across as ignorant or homophobic or something because I just don't get it, you know? Like, I, I don't want to hurt people's feelings or I don't want to make people mad. Yeah, I knew Simon understood that. He understood I was coming from a place of wanting to know you know wanting to learn and yeah i didn't i never i never knew that that i was helpful with charlie like that and i really didn't do anything i was mostly just listening and saying annoying things it's really pretty beautiful to see you two kind of discover facets of your relationship that you didn't know about ahead of time you know that's kind of kind of one of the beautiful things i think about this this podcast is is people learning more about their relationships, because these are things that we don't talk about normally. So uh, I think one of the the final questions that we end up kind of consistently asking is, what's your favorite aspect of your relationship? And this is something that you've talked, you've kind of touched on this already. Um, but if you had to kind of like sum it up and, and just put it in an, a nice, neat little bundle, like, what do you think your favorite aspect of your relationship is? I would say having somebody in your life who you can talk to and say anything to without, um, um, maybe not, not without judgment, but with total acceptance and love because we come from, you know, a background where it seems like everything's conditional and knowing that you have somebody that's going to love you no matter what. Yeah. I love you. I love you too. Um, yeah, it's it's very much for me is is just having someone that I can just be 100% authentic with, like who I know it's it's safe to say whatever's on my mind. I know you'll call me on my bullshit. I know that I know that it can stay between us and that like together we can bounce stuff off of one another and figure it out together. At least that's my experience. And it's kind of, it's cemented that nobody else has the exact same background as we do. You're like a built-in person who gets it. Like, no matter what, no matter if it's, I mean, it doesn't even have to be something you've personally experienced. You get it, and you get 
how I was conditioned to feel about certain things and you can help talk me down, you know? Yeah. Same. God, I am such a blessing to you. <laughs> you are. <laughs> Is there any final things that either of you want to say? Yeah. I want to say thank you for always being there for me, Rose. Like, you're my rock, honestly. I don't want to sound cliche, but that was like the most cliche thing I could have said. Hey, if it fits. But yeah, just thank you for always being there. And I'm I'm so glad that, I'm so glad to hear that like I have made an impact on you as well. That makes me super happy. Yeah, you have. And thank you too, Simon, for being there for me through a lot of tough things myself, you know. And for, like, I meant what I said earlier for probably saving my relationship with my son. And that's bigger than anything anybody could do for me. That's it. That's the end of the episode. It's also the end of the first half of our first season. Queer Meets Queer will be taking a little mid-season break for the holidays, but we'll be back in 2021 with more queer relationship stories. I know, we'll miss you too, but if you want to stay in touch with us during the break, sign up for our Patreon. We will be releasing a few bonus episodes and sneak peeks of future stories. Go to patreon.com slash queermeetsqueer for details. Hi, this is Sammy Jackson. Um, I am just letting you know about my next performance is going to be on Saturday the 19th at 8 p.m. and you can find it on Twitch. It'll be streaming live on the Twitch channel Utah Digital Drag. So take a look. Come join. Hope to see you all in the chat and I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. All right. Goodbye for now. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, have a cheerful Yuletide, Happy Holidays, and Happy New Year. Stay safe.